0: It's dark on Capitol Hill this week. Members are in their home districts. But a lot of progress gives them plenty to chew on next week when it comes to continuity of government going into fiscal 2020. We get an update from Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And I guess they do have a base of some beginnings, really, to build on when they get back.
1: They do. There's been a lot of progress on the appropriations process, at least on the House side, and then the national defense authorization bill on the Senate side. So even if the lawmakers weren't able to come up with a deal on spending caps and the debt limit, before they left for the Memorial Day break, they were able to keep moving things along in both chambers, possibly heading towards some sort of um, consensus as time goes on. But as we saw with The talks that happened between the White House and key congressional leaders, there were some shoots of optimism in the middle of the week about coming up with some sort of deal on spending caps, even if they fizzled by the end of the week. And all they really could agree on was the immediate need to fund disaster aid across the country. That was sort of their big get out of town projects before they left for their week long recess. But um, there, there do seem to be some signs that Um, There's agreement that caps have to go up, um, but there's still those little details that have to be worked out that will probably consume a lot of the activity once Capitol Hill gets uh, up and firing after the recess.
0: Now, that aid bill to agriculture, is that an indicator of how things might go? Because the president was happy to tout that one.
1: It it was a big consensus eventually. It it took a long time to get to an answer that many people wanted in the first place. This $19.1 billion package gives aid to a lot of different departments. There's agricultural aid. There's about $2.4 billion for HUD to give out through community development block grants. And there's also money in there to help. DOD repair some of the bases that have been hurt by storms and hurricanes and flooding. So there's a lot of money here around the country that was necessary to help rebuild from past storms and past weather events and volcanoes, and also getting ready for the hurricane season that starts on June 1st. That was seen in a lot of ways as a deadline for getting this done and for extending the flood insurance program. So there is agricultural aid in here, which is separate from the aid that the president talked about at the end of the week that would go to farmers that were affected by some of the trade decisions and policies that have been made. But the aid that will go out in this package will help a lot of states and also territories, including Puerto Rico, quite notably. Um, What it doesn't do though is give the President any down payment on the $4.5 billion he wanted to address the border migration issue. Um, he had asked for some money for HHS and DHS to take care of the people coming across the border. Um, there was some disagreement with Democrats who wanted to put some conditions on how that money could be used. So that $4.5 billion is still an open question that Congress may address. Probably won't wait all the end till till the end of the spending bill talks, um, but maybe if there's some sort of agreement on debt limit and spending caps, it could be money that rides along with that. So we'll be watching for the fate of that $4.5 billion request when lawmakers get back.
0: I guess it's noteworthy that the aid bill that you mentioned earlier, the $19 billion, that goes to a lot of districts, you know, as people think about 2020 elections.
1: Absolutely. States and districts, because, you know, there are many senators up next year, whether they're politically vulnerable or not, who wanted to be able to go home and said, look, I got this money to help our states and our districts recover from these terrible weather events. Um, And, you know, it it was notable that as the Senate was holding its roll call vote on Thursday on this package, there was a tornado warning in the District of Columbia and nearby areas. So um, weather is definitely top of mind and the, the brutal impact that these storms can have. And the, the long time um, kind of impact that they have for years after the actual event does stick in lawmakers' minds. So it, it was really top of mind for them to get this done before they left. And while this got through the Senate, it still has to go through the House, which hasn't been able to do it by unanimous consent, but will likely do it as soon as they get back after the recess.
0: Well, I guess the good piece of news is NOAA came out with its hurricane season predictions, and they said it's going to be a pretty normal hurricane season. We're speaking with Lauren Duggan, editorial director of Bloomberg Government, and getting back to the House. Nothing has passed the full House budget-wise, but there are, as you mentioned, eight bills that are either out of committee or out of the subcommittee. The Senate has no actual budget bill activity, so it seems like there's still a lot of groundwork before they can get to any kind of conference situation.
1: There absolutely is, and one of the sticking points remains that we're not dealing with a common set of top-line spending numbers for defense and non-defense spending. The House had a bill that came out right before the spring recess that gave kind of a little bit of guidance to the appropriators to use $1.3 trillion to divide up among the 12 bills, and they went running with that over the course of the last four weeks. As you've mentioned, we've seen versions of 10 of the 12 spending bills so far. Um, Eight of them have gotten through full committee, two have just gone through that initial subcommittee stage. But they show kind of the groundwork that Democrats are laying, if, if we could spend this much money, here's what we would do. And it features a lot of increases for many departments, rebuffing some of the eliminations that the Trump administration proposed, in its budget request earlier this year. Um, on the Senate side, we haven't seen any bills yet, you're correct. So the one bill we have seen is the defense authorization bill, which does give us some sense of where the Senate's mind is when it comes to at least the defense spending number, looking at 750 billion total versus 733 in the House. Um, And a key thing that we saw with that NDAA markup or defense authorization markup was that they did not go along with the president's idea of boosting overseas contingency operations funds to get to a higher defense number. They wanna put most of that in the regular base defense accounts for DOD and other programs rather than flooding all that money Money into the OCO accounts. So that's where one area where we can see consensus is that OCO isn't going to be the landing place for all this additional defense money, but um, there seems to be agreement between the House and the Senate on that. Now, in the talks that were happening between the administration and Congress, non-defense spending was a sticking point, which is long what we've assumed it would be because there isn't the same level of agreement. Some increase will be necessary, most likely, to get the defense increase through as well. But how much and what proportion that makes up of the total increase for the caps, it's going to be a key sticking point when those talks resume.
0: And before they did go on recess, it was getting pretty nasty between the White House and at least the Democrats on Capitol Hill with respect to all of the subpoenas and the contempt votes and so on. And when the president walked out of some negotiations with Nancy Pelosi, is this going to be what we're going to see more of is simply so much anger over issues not related to budgeting and operating the government that they'll infect the issues of operating and budgeting the government?
1: We certainly ended the week feeling that way. There was a bit of pessimism about what the president's walking out of the infrastructure meeting meant and and what some of his comments after that, both on Twitter and in subsequent press conferences, what all that means for the overall picture. What's interesting is that event happened, and then we did get this bicameral disaster aid deal that was signed off by the president. So even when things looked their darkest, there was still some lights when they could come to agreement on that bill. Um, What this means for the talks, however, uh, what Senator Shelby, who's the chairman of the Appropriations Committee, and some leaders were saying they were still headed back into talks later in the day, even after the blow up in the White House, to try to make some progress on the spending caps and debt limit situation. Because the debt limit's coming due probably right around the end of the fiscal year. There's some wiggle room there, depending on how the Treasury Department manages funds and what actually comes in through tax dollars. But um, the, the pressure of doing something by September 30th is going to be real. So, even if there's this recent unpleasantness, if you will, there there might be a chance for them to come back to the table and get things going. And also a week away can be very refreshing. The president's leaving the country and um, lawmakers are back in their districts and their states. So when everybody reconvenes after the Memorial Day recess, maybe there can be a reboot. Optimism always is there, hopefully, um, for, for many people. But, and um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it goes.
0: And it's the old story. What happens behind closed doors is very different than what happens before the cameras.
1: Absolutely. You know, the sunshine is a disinfectant, but it also shines lights on people and they may act larger than they might in closed-door situations just, to um, you know, to draw attention or to make a point or to try and push their push their perspective on something. So, you know, if, if they can get back behind closed doors, do the talking out of the, the eyes of the cameras, maybe there could be progress. So um, we'll be watching that very closely when they get back to town.
0: Lauren Duggan is editorial director of Bloomberg Government. Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash federal drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're
1: sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person... Or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. A financial plan isn't just about money, it's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.